Delano's Top of the Week. Every Monday at 8.30, we sit down with Delano Magazine in the RCD Radio studios to talk about a topic which is in the headlines at the moment. We also have a look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg City. And then there's always a personal pick from whoever is in that week. This week, we've got Cordula again. Good morning, Cordula. Morning. How are you doing? I'm very, very good. Did you have a good weekend? I did, except for losing that hour of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't realize. And then when, we, when I got in, I suddenly thought, OK, I'm a little bit more tired today. And then uh, we talked about it with Francisca and said, OK, that's why. Um, So what we're talking today, uh, the tripartite discussions that happened in Luxembourg last week. Um, Could you run, uh, give us a rundown of what the tripartite committee is and uh, what it does and why it's important? So the tripartite is a meeting of the government, of employer organizations and also employee organizations, so trade unions. Um, It was first created in the 1970s during uh, the Luxembourg steel crisis. Um, which, uh, I mean, lasted for the better part of a decade. And at the time, sort of all three social partners came together to discuss measures on how to tackle this uh, because it was a massive economic crisis. Um, So uh, sort of companies agreed to invest. At the same time, labor unions accepted some job losses. Um, And this was kind of the start of really institutionalizing these um, uh, sort of three-party talks. Um, and they, they can be found kind of across different sectors of the economy. So there is, for example, a, a permanent committee that monitors the labor market, um, which also includes um, sort of all three parties. Um, but for this, this national committee to really get together, um, it's really a, a kind of crisis mechanism uh, for Luxembourg. It was uh, last sort of properly used in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. Um, we saw it uh, sort of meet during the pandemic and now we're seeing it meet because of the energy crisis that's happening right now. Okay, so basically you have these three parties, the government, trade unions and employees, uh, employers, sorry, uh, who meet in times of crisis to find economic solutions for the great good in Luxembourg. And uh, like, what's the context of them meeting this time? So it is uh, the the energy crisis, which we already saw kind of towards the end of last year, energy prices were already going up. Um, And this is something that unions had actually wanted to tackle in December already um, during um, tripartite talks that were happening then that were dedicated more to the pandemic, um, which is why at the time it wasn't discussed. And unions actually went away from these talks very uh, dissatisfied um, with the outcome because a bunch of things that they had wanted to discuss, such as um, household purchasing power, um, just weren't on the agenda. Um, Since then, with the war in Ukraine, um, energy prices have gone up substantially again um, and this is obviously having a, an impact on households because everything is uh, is getting more expensive um, but also on businesses which uh, you know also face higher costs um, because of the the mechanism of wage indexation in Luxembourg when inflation hits a certain uh, amount um, wages automatically increase uh, which is obviously good for households but it is can also be a big burden for companies um, and so this is why they're why they were meeting uh, last week they had two days of talks last week um, and sort of went away from them uh, to discuss the proposals that are on the table and then they're meeting on Thursday this week um, to hopefully sort of finalize a, a, a package of measures um, to to help us sort of through this this moment of crisis okay uh, we've also seen uh, this week the European Commission has uh, called what uh, a temporary crisis framework uh, that gives governments the right to offer state aid to companies uh, to counteract the hit that they've had from this energy crisis uh, that's happening as a result of the war in Ukraine. Uh, is the tripartite discussion happening in response to that or are they, are they, are they linked? 
They are linked um, because any kind of business aid is really heavily regulated from Brussels under state aid rules. Um, so already a few weeks ago, um, we had uh, the government put forward like a 75 million euro package for households um, in support, uh, sort of to help them shoulder the burden of these rising costs. So for example, at the time they introduced um, a new energy bonus for low income families um, and also um, they're going to pay network costs for um, sort of utilities operators, which will sort of lower the bill for consumers. Um, and this they could single-handedly decide. And at the time, they said we're we're working on a package of a package of measures for businesses, without really being able to say what, um, because all of this needs to happen in the framework of what Brussels kind of allows countries to do. Um, but now that Brussels has sort of yeah put forward this this temporary crisis mechanism, which allows um, business grants. Uh, loan mechanisms um, it allows uh, the state to pay energy costs up to a certain amount um, so now the government can also in a way sort of tie up a package for businesses um, and that is also on the agenda of, of what's being discussed this week okay uh, and so uh, they've already um, met right and they're gonna kind of reconvene on Thursday is it so what are the proposals that have been made um, from the from these first discussions um, so it's, a, it's kind of a, a catalogue of measures. Uh, one of them is to reduce the price of uh, petrol, fuel and also heating oil by uh, seven and a half cents per litre um, until the end of July 2022. Um, then uh, there's also a rent freeze um, under discussion um, and also increasing a rent subsidy for low income households. Uh, so all of those are, are measures aimed at sort of boosting purchasing power, reducing the cost of living right now. There's also a more long-term measure. So, for example, uh, changing a housing subsidy, which is called a prime house, a prime house that helps fund energy-friendly home renovations. So this is really a much more sort of long-term thing of becoming more energy efficient in, in your home. Um, there's also changes to a tax credit for the CO2 fuel tax, um, which again aims uh, is for low-income households so that they pay a lower um, CO2 tax. Um, I think the biggest news probably is concerns indexation. As I mentioned, Luxembourg sort of automatically adjusts wages to inflation. Um, but because inflation is so high, what we would be seeing this year potentially is two indexation payments. Um, and it's a 2.5% wage increase every time. The last one was just in October, so half a year ago, really. Um, and if businesses would have to, within sort of the span of a year and a half, increase salaries by seven and a half percent while at the same time paying um, higher costs themselves um, this was this was a big issue for union for for um, sort of business organizations business unions to say that that's just not feasible um, and so what they've proposed is that there will be an indexation payment probably in in April this year but that any other indexation payment will be delayed until 2023 and if in that year there would also be two, the second one would again be delayed by a year so that we will only be seeing one one index payment um, per year this year, next year, and then possibly the year after. Okay. Um, and is it the case now that each kind of separate party will be discussing these uh, proposals amongst themselves and then on Thursday they'll kind of reconvene to put forward um, like the measures? Exactly. That's kind of what what is happening. Um, they spent sort of the first day of talks last week was actually mostly for them to sort of agree 
on what the situation is, where the problems are, who is sort of being affected in what kind of way. There was a lot of uh, uh, sort of economic analyses being shared. Uh, so that was the bulk of the first day, actually. Um, and then on the second day, it was more about sort of looking at concrete proposals. Um, and all sides have now sort of uh, gone away. Um, but the, the talks, I think all sides sort of spoke of con constructive talks. Um, but we'll have to see because, so for example, the OGBL uh, labor union, they want, you know, they're going back to this to with to their members um, and to discuss with them. They said that these wouldn't be easy discussions, especially because of the indexation, um, because what they then really want to see is um, measures that will really help support families um, and, and sort of uphold purchasing power if they're not getting that second index payment. Um, but also, I mean, the, the the head of the LCGB Labour Union said that there are really there are really no winners or losers in this. Um, so it's not about sort of different sides going away and getting what they want. And if they don't get that, then you know they're sort of the loser of these talks. But it is really about finding a compromise solution that works for everyone, that everyone can support and be on board with. Um, and that is also kind of the basically the main you know. The main idea behind this, it's also referred to as the Luxembourg model. Mm. Um, to I was going to say, do other countries have systems like this? Sounds like quite a like exemplary way to, to sort out problems for the country. There are other countries that have uh, sort of forms of this. So Belgium, for example, also has uh, sort of a variety of, of uh, tripartite talks. Um, but I think it is for Luxembourg, it is really rare that it is so institutionalized. Mm. Um, and I think it. It helps, I mean, for example, prevent massive like strike action from, from trade unions or these kinds of things because everybody has met and sat around a table um, and agreed on something. And you have tripartite talks, for example, dedicated only to the steel sector, only to the aviation industry. Whenever there's a sector that is experiencing um, sort of a moment of crisis um, that maybe doesn't affect the whole economy, but is specific to that sector, people get together, they sit around a table um, and work on something that makes this manageable. Um, for, for, for all three sides. So when when will we hear um, the results of uh, Thursday? I mean, ideally Thursday evening. Right. Um, but last week, uh, for example, you know, talks went into a second day. Mm -hmm. um, so um, and already then the prime minister has said that ideally he would want to agree last week because he was then off to Brussels for um, a big summit uh, rest of the week. And um, but in a way, it is also a good sign that talks are actually lasting this long because, as I said last year in December, the tripartite ended after, you know, sort of a half day mm -hmm. because they didn't really agree on anything and there was some sort of like half-baked measures. Um, so it's quite good that, that they are meeting this long, that everyone's taking the time to sort of go back um, and ideally, hopefully, we'll see sort of an agreement on Thursday. Um, but you never know. Maybe yeah. they're going to continue talking on, on Friday. Um, We'll see. Okay, we'll just have to see then. Uh, I'm going to go to the track now, and then when we come back, we're going to look at some events that you've earmarked for people to uh, check out this week in Luxembourg. Oh, 
down on our city radio i'm in the studio with cordula from delano uh, who and we're going through their top of the week we're now going to talk about some events uh, that she has chosen uh, to earmark for listeners who possibly check out this week in luxembourg what have we got so tomorrow tuesday on the 29th you can go and see bambara they're a brooklyn-based uh, post-punk trio um they're playing uh, here at rotland huh. And um, yeah, they released a new album last year called, uh, actually in 2020, called Stray. And um, yeah, you can hear their latest tunes uh, on Tuesday at 8. At LU, of course, for tickets and to check that out. Exactly. What have we got next? Um, there is a um, charity fundraiser screening of an award-winning documentary called uh, The Earth is Blue as an Orange. Um, it's a Ukrainian documentary. It is set um, uh, sort of during the... Crimean conflict um, and it is about essentially a family living in a war zone um, and sort of the 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 daily life of that mm-hmm. um, and since we're uh, we're seeing that uh, sort of happening again in a way um, yeah this uh, movie is being screened by the Cine East Film Festival um, and uh, proceeds will go uh, to uh, Ukraine Uh, this association that helps support the Ukrainian community here in Luxembourg um, and also works uh, to deliver um, supplies back to Ukraine. So that is on Thursday, the 31st of March um, at seven o'clock at Kenefilis. And uh, you can find more information on, on the Delano Lula website. I guess people need to book tickets before they go to that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and final event that you've chosen. Um, there's a new exhibition opening at uh, Mudam on Thursday as well. Um, it'll be on for a while, so you can sort of earmark your calendars. Uh, um, it, it's a, she's a British artist called Lynette Yadomboyake, um, and uh, it's kind of the first real like exhibition of the scale of her work. She's a contemporary artist. Um, the exhibition is called Fly in the League with the Night, and it has uh, 67 of her paintings. Uh, yeah, figurative art, and um, yeah, you can check that out. There's also a talk scheduled um, with um, the director of Mudam and also uh, some curators from Tate. 
uh, in the uh, in London. Mm. So yeah, you can check that out, um, and you can find more details about that either on uh, Talanalu or on Mudamlu. Mudam.com, actually. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's Mudam.com. <laughs> I just they've, know they've because, gone global. <laughs> yeah, I just know because they they uh, they were in a, a few weeks back, and uh, I said Mudam.lu, and they they, they corrected me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. My so bad. there you go. You, uh, all of these events can be found on the Delano website as well can't they yes. on the agenda section exactly yeah and finally we've got a personal pick we do um i brought a book with me it's called intimacies by katie kitamura um it was uh, one of barack obama's top picks of last year as well mm. um not that it needs his <laughs> approval um but just as a side note um it's a book about a uh, translator who works at um the international criminal criminal court in the hague um and kind of on the on the on the text on the sort of cover, um, it says that she sort of gets caught up in like a, a big uh, sort of conspiracy or something. And it sounds like it's this this uh, massive thriller. Mm. Um, and that's not really what it is. Uh, and which is why sort of when I first read it, I was a bit confused because I kept waiting for like the big plot twist. Um, but it's much more kind of an investigation into um, uh, her life, her sort of interpersonal relationships. Um, she's the first person narrator mm. it's also a lot about the work of translating for other people yeah. um, and what that means when you're translating for war criminals and the sort of relationship that you build with them as their translator which I thought was a really interesting mm. thing um, but yeah it's, it's much more it's a very sort of character driven book um, about interpersonal relationships and what it means to sort of um, yeah, how complicated and messy they can be um, and what it means to sort of find uh, find a place. It's a fiction? It is a fiction yeah. book, yeah. Okay, written by a translator as well? Or? Uh, no, oh. not, not written by a translator. Right. Um, but uh, in the acknowledgements, there's lots of thank you notes to uh, to translators. Sure, right, okay. Well researched <laughs> um, then. Yeah, but it's it, it's an interesting book. Just don't expect like a, an international sort of thriller. Okay. Um, you might be disappointed, um, but expect kind of a, a character-driven novel about human relationships. What was the name again? It's called Intimacies by Katie Kitamura. Great. Thanks very much. Uh, that was Delano's Top of the Week. Thanks for coming in to join me. Cordula, next week we'll have uh, you or one of your colleagues back in for another Top of the Week. Uh, and we will be posting this interview to our website to listen back to. And we'll share all of the details about the book and uh, the events that you picked up. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. Cheers.